Well, grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, today we celebrate Pentecost. Today, 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, 10 days after the ascension, where Jesus ascends in bodily form. They have just held on to him. They've touched him, and he's reminded them, don't hold on to me. I'm going back to the Father. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Don't keep me here, but don't worry. I'm going to send the counselor. I'm going to send the mighty one. Uh, You are not going to be left alone. And 10 days after, here, when the disciples are all together in a room near the Jewish temple, they're meeting together for those 10 days. We know elsewhere in Scripture, they met there almost day in and day out for those 10 days. They were anxiously awaiting the gift of the Spirit. When Jesus left and said, don't worry, I'm going to send something for you, they waited. Now, the closest I can come to that for you uh, is maybe it's Christmas and there's a couple of days before and somebody comes up to you and says, hey, don't miss Christmas this year. I've got something special for you. And you're like, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what's under the tree. Or maybe it's a birthday present, right? Your mom has called and said, did you get the present yet? And that, now you're excited because you think, well, I, I didn't check the mail today. Maybe, maybe I should have checked the mail. And she says, oh, you're going to want to see it. Those are days that I hoof it down to the mailbox, and I'm waiting there with the key, just waiting, waiting for the mailman to drive by. And he's like, are you expecting something today? Yes, I am. My mom called and said, have you gotten the birthday present yet? (laughs) That's all I need. That's the kind of expectation that the disciples have. Jesus has left them. Jesus has said, absolutely, I am going to send the counselor for you. You are not going to want to miss this. And when it comes, right, here's the word of God. For those of you following along, open open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. We're going to jump around here a little bit, but I want you to hear these words. you got a phone, smartphone, just don't check in, don't tweet anything, just, just pay attention. Here we go. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. What I love about this is that when Jesus says, hey, I've got a gift for you, be in anticipation, the disciples are going, yeah. I mean, my Father in heaven gives good gifts, and he's given us Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus, the Son of God, says, I've got something good for you, the disciples are waiting. What is that for you today? What is it that you have heard from the Word of God? You you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God has something good for you today, and you are waiting in anticipation. And does that anticipation look like being surrounded with other believers who, who are praying the same thing with you? who are standing by your side, who are checking in with you and going, hey, has God answered that certain prayer yet? Has God revealed an answer to you yet? And even if you say, no, 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 not yet, there's still an encouragement. They're still standing by your side. The disciples were meeting together regularly. They're meeting, they're waiting for God's word to come to them. Verse 2, suddenly... A a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They hear 
they hear God first. Kids, I know you're joining us uh, in worship here today. I'd like you to get on your knees. I'd like you to get really close to your parents' ear. Just go ahead and do that right now. Kids, get right down near your parents' ear. Just go, I don't care if you're 15 or 5, okay? So here you go. Some of you, you've got parents here. They're 80. You're 60. All right, that's okay. So get to your parents' ear, all right? Get into your parents' ear and just... Just breathe right on there. Just go ahead and do that right now. I see a lot of this going on. Do it again. Just breathe right in their ear. Now I know this is a little silly, but here's the point. Do you understand that the very breath that comes out of your children's mouth is the very breath of God. It is the very breath of the living God. Back in Genesis, God forms Adam and Eve out of dust of the earth. And they do not yet have life until it says that God breathed His Spirit into them. It is at that moment and that moment alone that Adam and Eve have life. You do not have life until the very breath of God is breathed into you. This is why it is incredible. The gift of life is so outstanding because our God breathes life into us. So it is no wonder that on Pentecost, the disciples are sitting around in the room and all of a sudden they hear a loud rushing wind. It should surprise us not that God is present. They saw, verse 3, what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Now to recreate this, kids, if you'll come up. No, 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 no. All right. I'm just letting that sink in for some parents. They're like, fire and children. This is not good. (laughs) Tongues of flame. As if they were coming to rest on their heads. There is wind, the rushing, violent wind. God is rushing into the lives of the apostles. There is fire present. And again, the believers... The believers in the area go, well, yeah, this is definitely God present. We know that Moses met uh, God from a burning bush, warning him, take your shoes off, this is holy ground. We know that the Israelites were protected by a pillar of fire at night as God manifested himself in in this pillar of fire and warned the enemies of Israel, do not come any closer. you've ever wondered why we have candles on the altar it's not just to look pretty it's to make the association that God is present where there is fire in Joel chapter 2 we hear this word And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all the people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men, old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. God says, it's not just the pastors. 
not just the pastor's family. It's not just the church workers. It's everyone who is a believer in Jesus Christ. God says, I will pour out my spirit. The idea here is not just you get an eyedropper full, like you barely get just enough. The idea is, is that he takes a basin and dumps it on you. So generous, so giving is God with his spirit. That it has been poured out and it's upon men and women. And he has called you to prophesy, which means to preach, to teach, to proclaim God's holy word. Yeah. Even you. And I know many of you don't think of yourselves as a prophet. Many of you say, well, I'm, I'm too quiet. I'm not gifted in speaking. I mean, are you sure? Do you know my past? Are you sure, God? Because I think if anybody knew my story, they wouldn't listen. No. He's given his spirit and his spirit has been poured out onto believers to prophesy the word and what does this prophecy do this word this life-giving breath of God the presence of God do in Ezekiel chapter 37 we're reminded the hand of the Lord was upon me Ezekiel says he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley it was full of bones he led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry, meaning they were dead, dead. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. There are plenty of people in your life who are dry bones, who are dead, whose life of sin has led them astray, life of darkness, they just cower in it, they're ashamed, they are living in pain, and many of you know it because you're still there at times. You still struggle with the sin in your life. You still struggle with a family that wants nothing to do with you. You still struggle with trying to measure up to a holy and almighty God that you seem to think, I'll make him happy if I could just be more obedient. And you live under the thumb, uh, under that oppression of the law. And your bones are dead. And so Ezekiel rightly answers when God says, hey, can these bones come alive? Can I make something that is dead, brand new again? And Ezekiel answers, you alone, O oh Lord, can make that happen. That's right. It is only by the gift of God. It is only by his grace that you have life. And that life, not a little life, not an eyedropper amount of life, but an abundant life. A life to be lived to the full. A life that is meant to be standing up courageous, filled with the word of God, and proclaiming that word of God in every place you go. 
in Acts, we learn that the disciples began to speak as the Spirit enabled them. They were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, verse 5, from every nation. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. How many of you speak geek? Just go, just, uh, well, we need to, we need to get, music geek. How many of you speak music geek? Thank you, Mark. Absolutely. Okay. Some of you speak music geek. How many of you speak computer geek? Just go ahead and, yeah, yeah, there's a handful. How many of you speak engineering geek? Okay. How many of you are math geeks? How many of you are grammar geeks? I got to see some of you a little bit later, but... uh, you, do you get what I'm after? Uh, you can meet somebody else with your kind of background. How many of you are, are, are would you just call, your, you're a farm geek. You, you just, you understand planting. Mark, you are not a farm geek. <laughs> I've never seen a live plant from his household. There, there are languages that you speak. I have no clue. Some of you are 15, 16, 17 years old. You speak a language. I got no clue. (laughs) Do you understand that each of you have been given a language to speak into the lives of the people around you? To uniquely say in the people around you, God loves you. Jesus died for you. God wants so much more for you. Don't live in shame. Be forgiven. Stand strong in the spirit of the Lord. I mean, promise after promise. God will never leave you nor forsake you. God will love you. He has you uniquely positioned in life. And I don't care if you speak computer geek, music geek, farm geek, math, whatever it is, God has given you his word to prophesy. He just asks you to do it. To live it in such a way that the people around you go, how is this possible? I now, for the first time in my life, understand that God's love for me is unconditional, and I wouldn't have known it except through you. This last week was the last day of school for many of our students in the area. A mom shared with me a story uh, on the weekend about um, her school. She was in the pickup line, right? Moms, dads, you, you know the pickup line, right, at school, where all information gets shared. And it was the last day of school for this school and these moms, and, and people were, hey, let's, let's go to the rock house. Well, the Rock House is in Palmer Lake, and if you've never been there, don't everybody descend upon them today, okay? So uh, you go to the Rock House, it's a, it's a great little quaint eating and ice cream shop in Palmer Lake, and it's awesome, and it can seat like 25 people, and the moms at this school said, well, let's all take our kids and celebrate the end of school, Yeah! Um, 
And when this mom walked in, it had been some time getting there. And already the orders were backed up. And the owner and her worker, they were already tense, right? So much, all at once. And then the, and then the bickering starts. And the little comments. And this was not the mom's finest hour. Who were trying to get their kids a, an after-school celebratory snack and ice cream? I, I can't fault them for that. But their attitude and their demeanor began to put such pressure and disdain that it was palpable in the air. And this mom that's a member began to feel constricted. It couldn't breathe. And wanted to run, wanted to flee, wanted to get out of there. And yet, the Spirit of the living God says, stay. And this mom stayed, and as a seat opened up, would sit down for a minute, and another mom would come in with six kids, and, oh, there's no chance. And this person would get up, and, here, have mine. And it seemed natural. It just was, was what you needed to do. And, and meanwhile, the owner and this worker are observing this behavior. Came time to order. Hey, we're sorry we're behind. Hey, it's no big deal. We've got time. We've got nowhere to be. Thank you for doing this. After the food came, nearly 45 minutes later, hey, we're so sorry the food is like, no, no worries. Eat the food, getting ready to go get the ice cream, getting ready to go home, we're going to eat the ice cream somewhere else. Comes up and, and begins to pay for the food and the ice cream. And the worker says, it's on us. You're the only person to have been kind to us in the last hour. And this member of ours says, and you know, Pastor Dyer, I don't touch anybody. I scored a zero on physical touch in love languages, and I reached out and I hugged this woman. <laughs> Why? Because, friends, that is what the hands and feet of Jesus Christ do. And that is how someone in the body of Christ acts. They love people they don't even know. And they show mercy and kindness. And they show dignity when it is not even asked and yet it is given. Because the Spirit descends. And that was prophecy if I've ever heard it. Amazed and perplexed, the people who had heard the gospel in their own language said, what does this mean? You know what it means? It, it means that the people that are in your 100-foot circle of influence, <laughs> they're about to be got. 
It means the people you've been praying for are going to have prayers answered they didn't even know were being prayed over them. It means that the word of the living God is about to be spoken through you in actions, in deeds, and in your words. And our community is about to be bowled over with forgiveness and love, kindness, mercy, forgiveness, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Because the Spirit of the living God lives in you. You are the very breath of God. You are the living Spirit made in flesh. Jesus left us. And there are plenty of times we say, man, the world would sure be a lot better if Jesus just kind of hung around and led the whole thing. He is around. Look at your neighbor. Wait for them to look at their neighbor and then turn their face back to you. The hands and feet of Jesus Christ are sitting next to you. The hands and feet of the living God Almighty eat at your table. The Spirit of the living God is in each of your children and your spouse. You have been given a gift of life that is not meant to be squandered. It is not meant to serve your own selfish ambitions, but it is meant to prophesy the word of the living God. And yes, many people around you will think you've had too much wine to drink. Because people that are on fire for Jesus get made fun of all the time. They're called Jesus freaks. Bible thumpers. Christians. Friend. Friend of the living God. That's who you are. You are a mighty son. You are a mighty daughter of the living God who has breathed life into you so that you can pour out. And my challenge for you this week is that you write the names of five people. You write them down on a sheet of paper and you begin to pray and you ask God to lead you in paths that would open doors for them to hear the gospel. And you may not even know their name, but you give a description. It's so-and-so at aisle three of King Supers on Tuesdays. You know, because you're there every time. Or it's a neighbor, or it's an extended family member. Or it's a, but there are five people I will guarantee you that you need to be praying for. And that you ask God, use me, if at all possible, to speak in a language they would hear your gospel. Are you game? If so, then answer amen. And if you didn't say amen, God knows <laughs> that you are the one he needs to work on. And I'm okay with that. And I'll be praying that he works on you too. Amen.
And now may this word of the Lord strengthen your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus until his return, friends, to take us home. Amen.